0: Hi, my name is Evan, and I use he, him pronouns. And my name is Sasha, and I use they, them pronouns. And we are... The The Baker Baker Street Regulars! Regulars, A podcast where we are taking a queer magnifying glass to the Sherlock Holmes canon and its many adaptations. I'm a dog. Okay, okay,
1: yes. That's it. Bark, bark, woof, woof. <laughs> Welcome to the Baker Street Regulars. <laughs> this weirdly, partially unintentionally, is the beginning of, like, Anthro Animal Month here on Baker Street Regulars. We're doing Sherlock Hound today. Mm-hmm. We're still doing Great Mouse Detective. Mm-hmm. Due to scheduling conflicts, we had to push that episode back a week, but that'll be next week. Mm-hmm. Great Mouse Detective. And then we're doing Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Huh. And Who Framed
0: Roger Rabbit. We do this for the furries, you know? This is all for you. Do furries like all those things? Probably. Probably not.
1: Maybe not. Maybe not. So we watched two episodes of the cartoon animated TV show, Sherlock Hound. I have fast facts. Sherlock Hound was a co-production of the Italian Broadcasting Service and a Japanese company. Mm. So it was produced for both languages and then later dubbed into English as well. It was released between 1984 and 1985. There's only one season, of 26 episodes. And Hayao Miyazaki was involved at the very beginning, but had to leave because there were delays in the production
0: schedule because of a conflict with the Arthur Conan Doyle estate. How long was he like within the production of it? Like, How many episodes did he do? Six.
1: The two episodes we watched, one he both wrote and directed. Mm -hmm. which is the first episode we watched, called A Small Client. And then the second one, he just directed. He just directed. So both are in the first half of the season where he was still working on the show. And there are some things that changed after he left the show, like character design things. I think in the first episode that we watched, there are a couple of things that feel very Hayao Miyazaki to me like there's a there's a big machine that sort of has a personality and collapses in a way that reminded me of the animation of the Living Castle and how's The Living Castle collapsing. Everything
0: felt Miyazaki to me because it was just vibes. That's true. That's true. If there's one thing that I know about Hayao Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli, they love vibes. Yes, <laughs> they love to make things that are about I don't want to say it that are about nothing. But the plot is very small takes up a small Mm runtime. And then the rest of the film is just, we're here. We're doing things. We're existing in this world that we have created.
1: I think there are some Studio Ghibli films that are more plot dense.
0: Oh, for sure. I think you've
1: just mostly seen the ones that are... That are...
0: That are vibes. Light and vibey. Yeah.
1: This show is... It's not plot light, but it is light. In general, I would say. Each episode is 25 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Which is the perfect amount of time,
0: in my opinion. <laughs> We've finally gotten down to a homes where you're like, this is the right length. This is the right length. It doesn't over it's welcome. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's not really based off of any of the stories.
1: Yeah, they really don't do adaptations of the stories. Yeah. In fact, we didn't watch the episode, but this show gives Holmes and Watson an entirely new meeting story, because they are on a ship, I think, that's besieged by pirates. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. More of that. Let's go. So the first episode we watched, a small client is about Moriarty running a counterfeiting operation, Mm -hmm. where he has to kidnap a mechanic to work on the printing press. Mm -hmm. And then that
0: mechanic's daughter comes and
1: finds Sherlock Holmes.
0: Gee, that sounds very (laughs) similar to... A plot of a f- future episode that we're
1: going to do. Well, it sounds more similar, in fact, to a plot of a past episode. That's that's the plot of Without a Clue, is that there's a counterfeiting operation and a missing father and a daughter who has to ask Holmes and Watson for help. So, you know, I don't think that comes from canon, but it's interesting that, that idea has been adapted over and over again. Right. Three times. At least three times. But this is, this is where the two threads diverge, because... When the little girl shows up to ask Holmes for help, she's like, hey, a cat that often hangs out outside my window is missing. Can you help me find it? Oh, and also my dad is missing. <laughs> she's like, he, I, I don't know. He sent a letter. He, he's probably fine. But the yeah. cat, the cat is really what the focus is. And Holmes takes the case because he suspects that the missing father is related to the counterfeiting operation. Mm-hmm. So we actually don't get a lot of time with Sherlock Hound in this story. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he comes in from working on the counterfeiting case, dejected, and he, like, falls asleep, and Watson covers him with a blanket, which is cute and domestic. Arguably, both
0: episodes are very light on Sherlock Hound. Yeah, very very heavy on Moriarty, both of them. Yes.
1: Moriarty is like a big cartoon villain wolf. He's like, Mm -hmm.
0: if Snidely Whiplash was a wolf. (laughs) It's like if Snidely Whiplash and Dr. Doofenshmirtz were a wolf. Yeah, if Dr. Doofenshmirtz had two assistance to goons mm-hmm. who were like comic sidekicks i have expected the counterfeit machine to be called the counterfeiter innater.
1: it is that kind of cartoon logic world that we live in mm-hmm. i think this is what's interesting about both episodes is that there's a sense of instead of like rising or falling tension over the course of a season it's like every episode the stakes get reset to zero at the beginning <laughs> and then the you know rise and dissipate and because so much of the focus is on moriarty all of his plans are like how am i gonna foil Holmes this week but th- there's no sense of like building up to something they, yeah. they just are like locked in a uh, back and forth
0: yeah i'm wondering like what is he trying to foil like is he trying to like just get him off his tail or like get him off his case or is he like trying to ruin his reputation like i i'm not sure what this moriarty's plan is i j- i I just think he's kind of a bumbling villain character, and it's interesting to make Moriarty that type of character, because, you know, we're so used to seeing him, especially lately, as, like, this evil mastermind who is going to take over the world just by the snap of his fingers if we don't stop him.
1: Right. In this one, he is, like, baffled when Hound manages to steal the Mona Lisa. (laughs) Yeah. In the second episode. He's like, oh, well, he's a good thief. I'll give him that. He is definitely doing his own crimes. I mean, looking at the descriptions of the other episodes in the season, a lot of them are like, Moriarty does this evil thing, so then Hound has to figure out how he did it and why he did it, you know. Mm. but So in the two episodes we see, one, Moriarty has a counterfeiting operation, which Hound eventually foils. And then two is all about the relationship between the two of them, sort of, because he kidnaps Mrs. Hudson in order to maneuver Holmes into a place where he can destroy his, his reputation.
0: It really mainly feels like Moriarty's only goal is to just destroy Holmes' reputation. I think he's just trying to do crimes, and Holmes is getting in the way.
1: I mean... That's fair. I, I think that that's his goal of the second episode, for sure, but I think most of the episodes, looking at the descriptions, are much more about him trying to do something evil and get away with it. hmm We see different versions of this different times, but this doesn't feel like a Moriarty who's particularly interested in Hound, except for as an annoyance. Like, it seems like he's more interested in whatever act of crime he's up to than he is actually interested in, like, his rivalry.
0: At least in the first episode. Yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely.
0: The the first episode, really not much happens beside the... The counterfeiting and the taking of the little girl's dad. The only other major thing is, like, we meet Moriarty's two bumbling assistants, Mm -hmm. whose names I'm blanking on, Todd and... Smiley. Todd and Smiley, who are my absolute favorites. Yeah. They are so much fun.
1: Well, and the thing is, like, the Wikipedia page describes seven series regular characters, (laughs) and it's Sherlock Hound, Watson, Lestrade, Hudson, Moriarty... Todd and Smiley. <laughs> that's so much fun. I love that. Yeah. They're always part of the story. And I think that's part of the show being much more interested in the Moriarty henchman dynamic than it is interested in, like, the Holmes-Watson dynamic.
0: Yeah. Like, we get, we really get, like, no Holmes-Watson time. <laughs> like, I think the show thinks they're boring. This Holmes is interesting. He's much nicer than other Holmes that we have seen. He's very sweet. Yeah. I, I think... The the person who gets kind of shafted the most in this adaptation is Watson, who just gets nothing to do.
1: Yeah, he does have some moments of cleverness. He's not he's not Nigel Bruce bumbling necessarily. No, that goes to Lestrade. Yes, Lestrade, who, who wins the award of also appearing in this cartoon.
0: <laughs> bit of a bumbler, just a bit. Yeah, those those two definitely get shafted the most. Yeah, there. But I think this Holmes is really intriguing because he just seems to care a lot more about the people around him than other Holmeses.
1: Sherlock is also like a spiky-haired, like Tumblr sexy man kind. Yeah, of, kind of character design, which is interesting. But very onceler coded. Very onceler coded. <laughs> the first episode also spends a long time. Or a long time in the context of a twenty-five minute episode, at least, establishing the crime going on mm-hmm. with Lestrade visiting people who are sorting through coins and discovering all the counterfeit coins mm-hmm. that are in the system currently, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Has a bit of stakes setting, we do get an interesting bit of like Sherlocking, where he goes to the little girl's house after she hires him to find her cat, right? And she has like a pinhole camera set up so that you can see onto the bit of the roof where the cat hangs out. Mm-hmm. Which is a real thing, where in a dark room, or like a shoebox, a small pinprick of light creates an image uh, upside down. And Holmes uses the letter that her father wrote her and holds it up to the light to to see how the pinprick camera works. And that's how he discovers that the father has like embedded... A code in the note. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how he embedded a code in the note.
0: It looked like it was made, like, there was a little silver, like, based off the metal that Moriarty's using. Like, the tiniest slither of silver on each, like, letter that needed to decode what the message is.
1: Right. I don't know how the... Father thought that that would get red. Did he think that they would hold it up to the pinhole camera and that it would then luminesce? Or, I mean, like, it's sort of unclear what he was thinking there. But obviously, it works out. Mm-hmm. Sherlock Hound finds it. He also uses his deductive skills one more time in this episode. They, The note just says that it's an hour outside of the city. So they go to the city and they have, like, drawn a circle on the map and, like, this is the area that's a mile around. And The police chief is like, this could take days, but we'll, you know, split up. We'll search all the houses, see if any of them has a counterfeiting operation. And Holmes is like, hey, have there been any noise complaints? (laughs) And one police officer is like, yeah, one house is being very loud and it's causing people around it to go deaf. And Holmes is like, well. Well, that's probably it then because counterfeiting is
0: a loud business. I find that the more of these that we watch, the stupider the police get. Yeah. Like the regular police get. And I, I find that so fascinating. hmm As an arc. Yeah. the season. Yeah, this
1: is from the 80s. So, and also it's written in Japan. So their vision of Victorian era policing might be different than how some, an American would write it or a British person would write it.
0: hmm I wonder if there are cultural differences that are part of that. Maybe. So the, uh, the episode kind of climaxes with the father of the little girl kind of being taken away He was promised that he was going to be let go, but Moriarty's like, I'm evil. Of course, I'm not going to let you go, you dummy.
1: And the threat is that they're going to kill him, which which seems a little dark for a kid's TV show. I mean, there's like, they
0: have guns. Yeah. They don't remember to load the guns, but, you know. (laughs) No, it was loaded because the dad kind of tricks the goons and pushes them down the stairs and he runs away and one of them shoots at him, but... Oh, yeah, they shoot after him. That's why they don't have bolts later. And the rest of the episode is just like this big, long chase trying to get the dad make sure he's safe, breaking down doors, you know. At one point, Sherlock becomes a battering ram.
1: (laughs) Why do they use him as a battering ram?
0: big, Big brain, big head, hard head. I
1: don't know. Um... Yeah, there's a big, there's a big counterfeiting machine. There's some love about how this machine is rendered that I appreciate, just like it's drawn nicely. Like, <laughs> all these big pipes and gears, and like you know, you, you get to see how it works. It looks like a face. Yeah, it kind of has a face. It ex-
0: explodes in this episode not once but twice, <laughs> and we know it's going to explode because there's a red like part of the meter with a skull and crossbones, and anytime you see that, you know. Yeah, they're going to use that. They're going to use that. Yeah. Chekhov's dial. Chekhov's dial. But the police come, you know, Moriarty and the goons try to escape with all the money, but oh, big explosion. Explosion. And they're like, this is the last we'll see of Moriarty for sure. (laughs) Meanwhile, Moriarty is literally in a tunnel underneath being like, I'll get you, Holmes. Basically. Yeah, he he does sound like that too. He does. Which is fun. It's a very hammy performance in a way that I appreciate. And that's kind of how the first episode ends. To be honest, the second episode, Mrs. Hudson is taken hostage, or is held hostage, because it's alliteration, is much more interesting. Yes, I liked the first one, though, in in sort of its
1: low-stakes scene setting. You know, I I think we get a lot of, like, what the dynamics of the show are. Mm -hmm. I picked the second episode because the Wikipedia page has entries, like I said, for all the characters, and Mrs. Hudson's entry is the longest. I'll just read a bit of it here. In this version, she is a young, comely widow and a love interest of many, including Holmes, Watson, and Moriarty, in brackets, mostly Holmes, and given the first name Marie. Mm. So, it's a classic case of the Sherlock Holmes not gays.
0: Is it, though?
1: <laughs> well, a lot of it's Sherlock Holmes, I mean, this episode was not big on the romance mm, element, at least no. not be- between her and uh, Holmes. Hound, please. Yeah. If you will.
0: So first of all, we have to start by, the episode begins with Moriarty disguised as a camera on top of a roof, climbing roofs. Is it Moriarty or is it one of the henchmen? It's definitely Moriarty, because he's in the white suit that Moriarty wears. Oh, true. Yeah. And taking pictures of Mrs. Hudson and Holmes, and then he's like, look at all these photos I have of Holmes and little parts of Mrs. Hudson. I don't know. I don't know how he got most of these pictures because some of them are in the house. Of the, most of them are clearly in the house. Also we haven't
1: talked about the fit, but he is wearing like a white cape and hat. Moriarty, yeah. Moriarty
0: most of the time. It's so good. Holmes is in the deerstalker. Yeah. And the 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 coat. And Watson has a mustache moving on. I'm <laughs> in mean, basically. And Moriarty's big scheme this episode is to take Mrs. Hudson as a hostage in order to ruin Sherlock Holmes i got to say the kidnapping part of this that Moriarty
1: does at the beginning i was like i did not expect them to be able to pull off a plan this successfully you know no. they do a very good job they trick Holmes and Watson into going out they show up with a coffin they uh, use sleeping gas right which is which is not like a good idea to use in a confined space like that's not how gases <laughs> work like they're not directional like that And uh, put her in the coffin and and carry her away. So it looks totally normal, right? Mm -hmm. As normal as it could. Right. And then when Holmes gets back, there's a note and they're like, wait for their instructions. And then he has to like, (laughs) they invite him out to the island where the hideout is, which seems like the wrong choice. right? So that Moira can be like, I want you to steal the Mona Lisa and I will exchange it for Mrs. Hudson. Then Hound has to do a daring daylight robbery of the Mona Lisa from the... Victorian Museum, where they show the Mona Lisa. I the guess. National Gallery um, is what National it's called. The National Gallery.
0: Which we get to see them disguise. <laughs> yes, they, they dress up. And use like clever trickery.
1: There's to... a weird timeline thing where they sneak out of their house at night, but then they steal the painting the next day. I'm not sure what they did overnight, where they were. I was like, oh, surely they'll explain. Surely it'll be part of some plan they've concocted that they had to set in action the night before. Mm-hmm. Then they just never explain. No. Moriarty shows up
0: to the National Gallery also to watch them do it. Right. He's also tipped off Lestrade that you know Sherlock's going to do this.
1: Right. Because his big plan is to disgrace Sherlock Holmes by I, by putting him in jail at the at the very least. Yeah. For stealing the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Which doesn't go so well because it's Sherlock Hound and he he he's, he's clever. He's one step ahead of Moriarty. Right. He, he realizes what what the the thing is and then he. Makes it look as if he's stolen the painting when he actually hasn't. And then... He has a copy somehow. Right. Shows up to broker a trade for Mrs. Hudson and then sets the police on Moriarty. I really love Moriarty in the scene where they do the trade because he's like, You've stolen a priceless piece of art? How dare you please get this man immediately? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, and there's a part of it like he actually is affronted on like the level of being an art lover or something. Like That's kind of how it feels.
0: Well, also, Moriarty's like, wow, he actually did it. I'm going to have to like congratulate yeah. him. This guy's for... a better thief than I am. He's like, damn, Holmes. So that's the like bare bones of the plot.
1: But by far, I think the most interesting element of the episode... Is the Mrs. Hudson of it all. Is the Mrs. Hudson of it all.
0: So... First things first, we need to talk about Hudson as a love interest to Holmes. Yes, this episode doesn't do a good job of
1: being a Holmes-Hudson love thing. Presumably other episodes get into it further, but this idea kind of makes sense that, like, If you're looking for a woman to make Holmes have a love interest, then like Mrs. Hudson is around and you can age her down and she could be a young widow. And like, she's already in his house. There's a lot of opportunities for flirting. It kind of makes sense if he needs to have a love interest. Which
0: again is what happened here. She's aged down a lot. But in this episode, we really don't see it. If anything, Holmes and Watson are like, we we need our housekeeper back. That's kind of my perception of what they're feeling at the time. I don't feel any.
1: I got it much more like, ah, that's our friend. Yeah, don't do that to our friend. It's not like we need our housekeeper because like we're such slobs. Yeah, and we don't know how to run a house. It's much more like, well, look, we like her. <laughs> we do yeah. care. We care about her on, on some level, but it's not like yeah, I, I, our... I swear, engines, you have stolen the apple of my eye. Like it's it's, <laughs> it's not some big thing. It's just like, well, we have to get her back because she's one of our
0: people. <laughs> you know, that's our friend. That's our friend, which I prefer. I prefer that over like yeah, a Holmes mrs hudson love story yes yeah also they're the two youngest so of course they're gonna be put together but like still like i don't know you think they're the two youngest oh yeah definitely based off of how they're drawn yeah. they're definitely the youngest ah. that's interesting to
1: think of holmes as being younger than the people he's surrounded by i, th- I think yeah. that's an interesting idea i don't think they're really playing with it but no but the idea of him being this like young upstart that everyone has to listen to because he's just that smart but it's like a, like a 20 year old who's just a really annoying a bunch
0: of 40 year old men. It's really funny to me. He's the hot young 20 something Tumblr boyfriend that you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If Ben Wishaw was Sherlock Holmes and he was surrounded by, this is basically just James Bond now. <laughs> just like Daniel Craig is Lestrade. Judy Dench is
0: Judy Dench. She's there too. Somehow. She's old Deuteronomy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we don't see much of the Holmes hudson love however we get a lot of moriarty and hudson well and and like
1: very much as soon as they've kidnapped her all three of them moriarty and his two goons are like this is a pretty lady we need to treat her nice because she's a pretty lady
0: no no well especially smiley so smiley is really the first one who's like oh she's really pretty we got to treat her nice well, she's she's not a hostage. She's our guest. You know, he's, like, offering brandy and cherry. He's very worried that she's not going to wake up and yeah. that Moriarty killed her. Well, and also this is,
1: like, very classic, like, cartoon, like, power logic. Like, he's not really afraid of Moriarty to the point that when he's afraid that Mrs. Hudson won't wake up because she hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> the, when they first get her, he's, like, he starts chasing more already around the coffin with an axe mm-hmm. like he's like you you're a murderer it's like who do you think you work for right he yeah of course he's a murderer <laughs> maybe not at this moment but in general he probably is <laughs> but she wakes up and then she's like very blasé about the whole thing she's not like upset to have been kidnapped she's like a deal's a deal this is she's business like, yeah uh, i, I uh, a lot of like gender going on here there's a lot of like Well, you boys have your business thing and I, well, I'll just, you know, I'll make the best of it. And the way she makes the best of it is that she's like, well, I'm a
0: housekeeper and what's more, a woman. So I have to do unpaid domestic labor. Well, she's like, listen, if you're going to keep me hostage here, you're not going to keep me hostage here in a sty. I'm going to clean this up for you. Right. She's like, this place is a mess. Uh, I'm going to clean it up. Your possessions
1: will probably help me. Mm -hmm. And she does. And like, like turns the whole place around in like a day. Yeah. Cooks, cooks Moriarty dinner, yes. his favorite food. And doesn't try to, like, poison him or anything.
0: No. Which I think she should. No, she's just like, yeah, I made you food. <laughs> Sit down. Eat some food, damn it. Like, welcome home from work. Yeah. This I, ho- is... I hope it was a good day at work, honey. Right. And then Moriarty has like a
1: fantasy of their life together. He's like pulling petals out of flowers, doing the "She loves me, she loves me not" thing, and then he like imagines like living with her full time, mm-hmm. married, Mar- presumably married. It doesn't say. And this scene he imagines is him leaving this like flower filled garden, and he's like, "Honey, I'm off to rob the national bank." And she's like, "Have fun, be careful." <laughs> Let me know. Let me know if you want anything. <laughs> right, exactly. I'll be back by supper, <laughs> which is cute. And then like this idea doesn't really go anywhere either. It doesn't not go anywhere. Well, except he's not like, he's not, he doesn't like fight to keep her. He's like, well, but I I do have to trade you back because
0: I made this, I made this thing with Holmes now. So that's the important thing. Right. No, that's fair. Yeah. And even like at the dinner, he like starts crying. He's like, this is the nicest thing anybody's done for me, but a deal's a deal and I have a job to do. Right. Uh, But also
1: it's, it's so extraordinarily sexist. (laughs) Yeah. There's only one woman in the story. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's like, my only purpose is to like clean up and support working men. <laughs> like my only my only life's goal or dream is to make life more comfortable for this this house needs a woman's touch, you know. And be a, a pawn. Right. And it's like, well, whatever the men need me to do, that's where I'll be, I guess. <laughs> so that's that's pretty gross, and I don't like that.
0: Yeah. So But
1: But I... but also I would totally watch the show about this kind of cartoon Moriarty being reformed by the, the kindness of a loving partner.
0: Yeah. If it was like a partner, like a true partner, and yeah. not just like a kidnapped victim, which is what this one is. So. Right. So Moriarty, as we said, kind of gets foiled. You know, Holmes bests him by having a fake copy of the Mona Lisa. and Right. But it's
1: the end of the episode, and they know it, and the stakes have to reset to zero every episode. So even though they didn't do the trade, and they didn't actually make the deal, he lets Hudson go at the end of the episode, well, first they run away. They run away first, and then they, like, stop a little ways away from where the police are
0: mm-hmm. to let Hudson off. And they're like, well, Holmes will be here in a second. And uh, I guess... The that's... Smiley and Todd give little mementos to yeah. Mrs. Hudson. And then Moriarty says, you know, in another life, in another way, right. we'd be, you know, I, I, I would hope that we'd be together.
1: Which is fascinating. Yeah. And ultimately, I think it doesn't mean
0: anything. But even Mrs. Hudson's like, yeah, no, I see you for who you truly are. And then when Hound and Watson show up, she's like, yeah, I'm fine. Look, I was giving these little mementos. And that Moriarty, he's kind of cute. Does she say that? No, but like, there's a nice distant look oh. in the distance towards where Moriarty and them went off. That could just be the animation. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's implied that she's like. This Moriarty guy, he ain't all bad. Yeah, uh, even though he is, even though he is, he's, like but, a, he's a complete cartoon villain. But he he ain't all bad. There is some good in him. Yeah, or at least his assistants are good. His, yeah. associates, his associates are nice people. And even at that moment, you know, I I, I don't believe that there is a Holmes and Watson love thing for them because even even at that moment, they don't have really any reaction. Yeah, they're just like, oh, there is no jealousy. Oh yeah, there is no jealousy. Like I am like, okay. I mean, he's a villain, but go off, honey, whatever you want to do. (laughs) I think this is probably just
1: an artifact of the show being written by different writers at different times. Mm. I bet there are episodes that are like about Holmes having a crush on her in a more significant sense. Maybe. Uh, Although none of them, none of them look like that from reading the episode descriptions. But maybe it's just, like, different writers, different moments. Maybe. Like they hadn't decided... This is early. Both of these episodes are early in the season. They hadn't decided maybe that they were going to go that direction yet.
0: And maybe it's a post-Miyazaki thing, too.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's one of the post-Miyazaki changes.
0: Yeah. But even so, I like that they're toying with this idea of... One Moriarty not being all that bad. You know, just being like, this is my job. I'm a bad guy as an occupation. Yeah.
1: it It feels like the joker from like the 60s batman more than it does like the joker from any more modern batman
0: like heath ledger and joker it's not heath ledger it's jack nicholson mm, okay i'd say jack nicholson is pretty 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 oh, evil i actually haven't seen it <laughs> jack nicholson is pretty evil i i think you you were right on the original nose oh whoever was the joker in the 60s Caesar
1: With, oh actually no it's the mark hamill joker it's the mark hamill joker from the cartoon series okay Mark Hamill as Moriarty. Yeah. Anytime. Okay. Anytime. Anytime. I don't know why we started stunt casting. Ben Wishaw Holmes, Mark Hamill
0: Moriarty. Are we doing a young Mrs. Hudson? Oh, I don't know. If if we were casting this as a live action. Yeah. Oh, we're casting are casting H- a hound as live action? Yeah. Okay, Margot so- Robbie as Mrs. Hudson. Oh. It feels distractingly pretty. But maybe that's the point. That f- sort of feels like how the, what the role is here. And also, I feel like Margot would be able to give a little more life and vibrancy to this Mrs. Hudson. Right. This is how she gets her Oscar. Finally. Finally. Watson can be anybody. Yeah. He's such a non-entity. But yeah, I like that we see, like, one, a Moriarty who, this is his job. And two, a Moriarty who has feelings for another person. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, He's,
1: uh, I, I mean, it is funny that he's, like, the focus of the show. And I wonder if there are episodes that are more focused on Holmes uh, and, like, solving cases and puzzling out to, you know, clues. Because that's more interesting to me, I think. This is just, like, a, an excuse for a number of,
0: like, physical comedy bits. That's true. This also, to me, just feels like the wicked and or twisted version of Sherlock Holmes, where it's all, like, about Moriarty. And I kind of want to see that series. I, I really enjoy this Moriarty to the point where, like... If the series was about him, mm. I would love this. Mm-hmm. Like, Hound is a very interesting Holmes, as he's, like, nicer and, like, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. He didn't really ex- descri-
1: explain this earlier, but he's really sweet to the little girl who comes. Yeah. Because Watson's like, a, a case about a missing
0: cat? Are you sure you want to take this on? And he's like, she walked all this way. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm much more interested in this Moriarty, mm-hmm. And I kind of wish that the show was about him a little bit more. And that we saw a Moriarty that was more like this. I think I'm kind of getting tired of a Moriarty who is like this evil mastermind villain. And I want to see a Moriarty who's kind of just like... camp. Yeah, I want <laughs> camp. More camp. Yeah. Sherlock should be more camp. Sherlock should be more camp. That's true. And this like fulfilled my needs of a camp Sherlock. Yeah. I think there is a perfect area where you can mix a Moriarty who's both camp and evil but Mm -hmm. yeah definitely in fact we might be getting to one very soon well that's a good place to dismount as any i think Mm -hmm. Uh, final thoughts about sherlock hound yeah i thought it was really fun i thought it was really interesting i don't think it's a successful sherlock holmes adaptation no yeah i I mean
1: it reminds me of so many other like, IP-based shows. Like, the, the Inspector Gadget TV show, I think, has similar vibes, where it's just like, how are we going to foil him this time? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we're going to we're gonna do something, some convoluted plan, and then it's going to get foiled, and it's just going to happen every time.
0: Yeah, it's not a good Sherlock Holmes adaptation, but it's a really fun Moyard adaptation. Yeah. And I am glad that we watched this. Yeah, it's, it's cute. Uh, you know,
1: some of the, like... 80s sexism of it all i don't love mm-hmm. i think if we were doing a live action adaptation i would want to add more women into the story well of course Margaret robbie is sherlock holmes ah all right, that's more interesting let's make that happen let's make that happen but yeah this is this is very fun it's it's very cute it's very like you know 10 year old me would have watched this whole season and you know ate it up and had a good time and i'm not sure that i in my advanced years I'm going to complete the season, but it's cute. I'd watch it in the background any time. I might.
0: <laughs> I really liked this. Oh,
1: good. Well, like we said at the top, we're covering Great Mouse Detective next week. hmm With the return of our good friend, Lindy. Yes. And then finishing up our Anthro Animals Sherlock Holmes adaptations with Chippendale Rescue Rangers and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Please! Who Framed Roger Rabbit is not explicitly a Sherlock Holmes, but...
0: Hey, this isn't the time we'll get to that we'll, we'll get, get to that we've been your Baker Street regulars and we'll see you next time bye